Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Orange and Blue Blood, hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. Okay, so let's, uh, let's, let's shift gears from uh, the Knicks in terms of um, some of the good that's been happening, the guys that are staying, the winning, and, and let's talk about some of the smoke that's been happening regarding the trades. So, as I said, there have been plenty of smoke surrounding a potential trade between the Knicks and the Lakers this uh, this week. Has been no different in that. We learned from Sham Sharania last week that the Lakers had discussions about Cam Reddish and Evan Fournier. Now, who types uh, Michael Scotto has some additional info on that, saying that the Knicks had actually reached out to the Lakers prior to Reddish's benching to see if L.A. was interested in swapping Reddish and Fournier for Patrick Beverly and Kendrick Nunn. Nunn and Beverly are in the final years of their contracts, so those contracts would come off the books this season. I would assume that one or both of those guys would probably be buyout candidates if the Knicks acquired them. Um, Scott notes that the Lakers had been interested in Reddish, but we're not exactly thrilled about the idea of having to attach Fournier in any potential deal, which that's interesting to me considering they can't shoot at all. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that on that side. Uh, for, for the Knicks side, Tommy, is that a swap that you'd be interested in? Yeah, so a couple quick things. Um, Beverly and Nunn for Fournier and Reddish doesn't work under the, the cap. Mm. Um, the, the Lakers would have to essentially include about $3 million. That could be done via third team. Um, yeah. You know, if third team was going to take some cap space and, a, you know, a protected second round pick, whatever the case might be. Um, if the Knicks included Wayne Gabriel and Max Christie, um, who, you know, has some fans um, as far as some upside for a young player, that would get done on the cap, that four for two trade, um, where it's uh, none. Beverly, Wayne Gabriel, Max Christie for Fournier and Reddish. Um, just for for the the book the bookkeeping out there. Um, yeah. Now, from the Knicks' perspective, I think it, first of all, I think this trade makes a lot of sense from both perspectives from 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 both sides. Um, the Lakers are five games under five hundred. You know, treading water at best, even with. Uh, Anthony Davis relatively healthy and playing at an incredibly high level. Yes. Um, and LeBron kind of doing what you expect him to do. Not quite, you know, certainly not the LeBron of 10 years ago, but still for an eight, for a player at age 38, putting up great numbers. Russ playing far better than anybody would have expected. Shooting has come sure. back down to earth as we expected, but still finding ways to contribute. Seemed to embrace his, uh, you know, his bench roles somewhat. Um, but the Lakers aren't going anywhere. If, if they don't improve their shooting, if they don't find guys, if they don't add guys to knock down outside shots, they're not going to, you know, sk- maybe scare somebody in the West, but they're not going to advance to the West Conference Finals, let alone the Finals. Um, and you're talking about what could be the last year of LeBron's prime, you know, if we're still, if he's still in his prime, the, la- yeah. the, the last year of LeBron's late prime, however you want to characterize it. 
and they're playing uh, uh, Troy Brown 24, 25 minutes a night. Yeah. You know, um, Austin Reeves is the team's third best player, plenty of nights. Um, yeah. uh, is Fournier a perfect player? Absolutely not. Is there a reason <laughs> he's riding the bench on a Knicks team that was three games under 500, you know, 90, 48 hours ago, whatever the case might be? Yeah, yeah. it's because he has defensive deficiencies. And But listen, he's a guy that was – the you know the, the leader of a of a French team that went far you know over the summer in in, in the Euro Cup, um, a guy that was fourth in the NBA and made three pointers last season. Only players in the league to knock down more three pointers were Steph Curry, Fred Van Vliet, and and Buddy Heald. Um, Fournier set a record for m- most three pointers last season, broke Stark's record, and shot efficiently from downtown too. It wasn't a chucker. Shot around thirty nine percent from the floor. The Lakers could use a guy like that for eighteen to twenty minutes a night off the bench. Um, you know, so I, I, I and and we know what what Cam Reddish is upside. Um, you know, we know about the flaws, but listen, he's a dynamic, athletic young player, still only twenty two years old. Um, I certainly would rather have Cam Reddish as a part of my rotation. And then a guy like Troy Brown and and some of the other yeah. players that the, that the Lakers have been forced to kind of rely on. Um, the Lakers obviously want to improve, you know, the talent, you know, for, from their roster from a talent standpoint. They don't want to give up first round picks to do so. I understand that, as we know, they can trade their 2027 first rounder and their 2029 first rounder. LeBron won't be in the, you know, likely, very likely won't be in, on the Lakers, let alone in the league, uh, you know, five, five years from now, six, seven years from now. Um, Anthony Davis, who knows where he'll be. So I understand the Lakers wanting to protect. I, I, well, uh, you know, if I'm if I'm Rob Palenka, I let the next GM worry about that. I improve the team right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think uh, Jeannie Buss has a say in the matter as well. And, and she's cognizant of the fact that you don't want to rob Peter to pay Paul and, and really jeopardize the future. So. Would the you know would the Lakers prefer to have Miles Turner and Buddy Heald you know come in come in you know join the team in January? Of course, but the the Pacers' demands are going to be far higher than the Knicks' package of Fournier and Reddish. Um, really, the only downside from a Laker perspective is you have the eighteen point nine million dollars which Fournier is owed next season. Reddish is will be a restricted free agent if he doesn't work out. You can let him walk if you like what he brings to the table and impresses you over the next four months you can resign him or even basically see what the market dictates um so f- that's that's from a lakers perspective i, I pull the trigger um i obviously see what else is out there and but but all things considered i don't see them getting more and giving up less um from a knicks perspective um you know i i i wrote about this yesterday and, and a lot of the comments were um, it doesn't benefit the Knicks. Wait until Fournier is an expiring contract in the offseason. He'll be a valuable asset. Okay. Was Alec Burke av- off a pretty good season? Was he a valuable asset? You know, was was Nerlens Noel on an expiring contract a valuable asset? Was Kemba Walker on an expiring contract a valuable asset? No. The Knicks had to attach draft capital just to get these guys off their books. Um, so if you can trade Fournier without attaching any draft capital or a player that you that, that you value right now, you do it. You know, it's not a complicated decision. Not only that, Leon Rose is was an agent for the better part of his career. You know, he yeah. understands the relationships. You don't want a, a, a prideful, quality, talented player like Evan Fournier riding the bench. Um, if you can put him in a better position 
for him and his career, you do that. Same with Cam Reddish. Again, this is these guys. It's a fraternity, and you want, and you want to keep that, you know, that that familial, you know, attitude and approach, uh, you know, for as long as possible. So um, again, I think it makes a lot of sense for both sides. I think both sides will, you know, readdress it um, if and when the Lakers realize they're not going to get the heel Turner package that that has been rumored. Um, we'll see how it plays out, but I think this is definitely something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I, I don't I don't hate this move. I think when I think about the the return, again, these could very well be buyout options. But when you're the, if you're the Knicks and some of the Knicks fans that were a little frustrated when they heard about the Knicks pursuing this trade, I think you gotta think about it from a different perspective. Like you can't have it both ways. You can't say we want to play the young guys and we want to have this great new young rotation and they're playing really well. But then also, well, when we trade the guys that we don't want to play, you better bring us guys that can come in here and play. It's like, well, wait a minute. Do you want to play the young guys and give them a real opportunity? Or are you trying to improve the team through this trade? And do you really think you're going to improve the team through trading Evan Fournier and Cam Reddish? I, I don't see any I don't see any team giving you a valuable asset for either of those guys. Like if they did, those guys would have been gone. So I think it's one of those things where you got to have to cut your losses. And if you can get out of Fournier salary a year ahead, why not? As long as you're not attaching some terrible uh, draft capital to it. Um, I feel like if, if, if they have to match the money with Christie, who I actually liked in the draft, I thought he came out a year early, but I think I liked him in college and coming out of high school. Um, I think he'd be an intriguing player to kind of just have in your, in the fold, whether he's playing in the G league or whatever, if you, if you bring in Christie and maybe you give up a second round pick, I, I'm fine with that. Like he was a second round pick this year. So that's something that it wouldn't worry me too much, but uh, at the end of the day, you gotta, you, you know, you're not gonna rob these teams, <laughs> like as we saw with the Donovan Mitchell fiasco. Like, like this is where they're at. Evan Fournier is a player who, despite what he did last year, um, he they couldn't trade him last year, and right now he's not playing. And Cam Reddish is a guy who was on the outs in Atlanta. You're probably the only team that would give up a first round pick to get him. That's why you had him, and now he's not playing for your team. His value is even worse from when you got him. So this is just is what it is at this point. I do feel like if you do have a situation where I don't know if I, I would not want Kendrick on, on his team. Like he would have to be bought out. Agreed. I don't hate having Patrick Beverly as a guy on the bench on this team is just depth because you do have a guy who's a veteran. If you're talking about a team that is kind of in the play in playoff situation, I'm sure he could be valuable there. He was valuable for Minnesota in that regard. So if you kept him around, but maybe he's out of the rotation, that's fine. I would still play Deuce McBride over him. I wouldn't think about taking Deuce McBride out of the rotation for him. Um, if he was cool with that, then I'd be cool with that. If not, then you cut bait. But I think getting out of the money is fine. And then from the Lakers standpoint, I, I I see why they're very interested in Cam Reddish because they are so capped out. They can't sign anybody. So if they're able to trade guys and then sign them long term with their bird rights, this is kind of a way to kind of keep flourishing the roster and keep improving the roster in a kind of an unorthodox way. So the Nets do that. Um, when they had their cap situation and their draft issues during the post the Kevin Garnett, you know, Paul Pierce trade, you got to kind of be, you got to be creative and trying to add talent. So you're not going to be able to sign Cam Reddish probably in the off season. Is I mean, maybe I don't know if he'd be under the, the, the tax minimum or the, or the, or the uh, middle of exception, but it's going to be tough. Even if they can get to the, to be used, being able to use cap, the, the, the mid level exception. So if you can trade for him now and then, okay, see what he's got, maybe he plays pretty good. And then now you can sign him. Uh, Evan Fournier, okay, you got to deal one year with him, but it is what it is. I, I don't. I, I think for the Lakers, it's a no-brainer. I think they'll eventually. I actually think they'll pull the trigger on this deal if they end up can't being able to get someone like Boyan Bogdanovich, who is apparently the guy that they're really targeting.
but the Lakers kind of sound like the Knicks to me. It's like you can't rob these teams. Right. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich is a good player. Like he's not just like he's not like a, just a nobody. I know he's playing on a team that is in full tank mode and and is not competing on any level. They just lost Cade Cunningham to Detroit for the entire season. So I understand the Lakers thinking maybe we can kind of swindle Detroit who's trying to not lose as many games as possible, but they don't understand the asset that Bogdanovich can be. And the Lakers don't have a lot <laughs> to offer. So once the Lakers come back to reality, I think e- a deal either for Fournier or Bever- or excuse me, uh, Reddish is possible. And a package deal could also be possible as well. Yeah. I, one quick thing on uh, the players coming back to the Knicks. Um, I don't see either player. This to me, it's addition by subtraction, you know, yeah. Um, you need to consolidate roster spots and, you know, lock in the, 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 you know, the um, McBride's minutes and you still have depth even after trading those guys, you know? Um, so it's not like, you know, you're, you're seven guys. Now you got to play them a, a bunch each night. Um, so yes, I, I think what I was thinking was maybe flipping those guys, you know, could none yeah. next year, second round pick, probably not, but yeah, you see um, uh, for Beverly, would the Timberwolves be interested in Beverly? You know, kind of, they've been kind of sluggish. They don't, they haven't really found their identity this season with Gobert in the mix. Um, we know that, uh, you know, Beverly was their heart and, you know, was a kind of the engine of that team um, yeah. you know, jumping on tables after they qualified for the, for the playoffs, et cetera. <laughs> um, so I, I was wondering, you know, and they played Jordan McLaughlin, they've, they, they had the, rely on him a bunch of minutes at point guards. So I was thinking, you know, maybe reroute him to Minnesota, um, you know, for, uh, you know, a second round pick or whatever the case might be. Um, so those are the kind of things. But again, what you're, you're, the, the benefit here is getting off of, of Fournier's money, um, clearing, you know, unclogging your cap a little bit, doing favors uh, for, for, for players. And that, that, does, that doesn't go unnoticed around the league. Um, and again, committing to your core Grimes, McBride, Barry, you know, those, those guys um, by, by kind of, you know, you know, and, and, and listen, Dolan would, would appreciate, you know, it's not our money, but Dolan's going to appreciate mm-hmm. if, if, if the, and, and that's his, and that's Leon Rose's boss. If he saves him 20 million bucks plus, you know, the tax bill as in addition to that. So um, yeah, again, I, I think from, from both sides, it makes a lot of sense. And think about this last week, we were talking about attaching Emmanuel quickly to Evan Fournier, which right. would have been a terrible decision, an awful decision. Right. Now you're talking about, okay, it's reddish and you clear some cap space. Like I would take that six, seven days a week and twice on Sunday. Yep. If that's the deal as opposed to attaching Emmanuel quickly to get rid of Fournier, that makes no sense. Attaching uh, reddish, a guy who doesn't have a future on this team to Fournier and then bringing back just expiring contracts. Oh, that's something that the Knicks should do. I'm glad that they looked at the Lakers and said, hey, it's something, something you're interested in. And the Lakers will have to kick the can around other deals because it's the Lakers and they're going to always try to see if they could, uh, you know, again, kind of swindle somebody because they always seem to do so. Like going back like 67, 40, 50 years, like the Lakers seem to make these trades or just like how the hell did they end up with this guy? Um, so they're going to try to do that again. But I think they're going to eventually have to circle back. And I would not be surprised if some some iteration of this deal gets done, whether it's both guys, whether it's one guy. I think that they revisit this. I disagree. I, I, I think it's, you know, again, it's one of those things that makes a lot of sense. Might another team come in and, and, and provide the, the Lakers with an, another option that they find more enticing? Um, a, a comparable player to Fournier who doesn't have another year on his deal is possible, but uh, we'll yeah. wait and see at this point.